It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What up, homies? Thanks for streaming Outkick Bets with me, your host, Jeff Clark. It's episode two, and we finally have NFL action to gamble on. I'm going to be bringing in Outkick editor Dan Z, and we'll be breaking down week one in the NFL. Uh, Him and I will be going through the betting board, but focusing more on games that we have action on. Dan and I have really hit it off since I've joined Outkick. This dude gambles. I like that, and I think you'll like that as well. We've had some really fun football gambling conversations, and I'm hoping to bring that energy to this podcast. Let me lay out the agenda real quick. This is what you'll be listening to in this episode of Outkick. Dan and I will be going game by game through the NFL Week 1 slate, again, focusing on matchups that we have picks on. These picks could include anything from the money line, the spread, the total, player props, teasers, team totals, etc. Then Dan and I will give our survivor picks of the week before wrapping this show up with one best bet from each of us. Also, I guys, I got to point you guys here in a cool direction. Uh, you guys need to check out a couple of cool new betting tools Outkick has via our partners at DraftKings and PointsBet Sportsbook. There's side-by-side odds comparison finders on Outkick.com that will allow you to look at the odds from both sports books simultaneously. Here's how it works. To see money line odds, spread odds, and total odds for any game DraftKings and points bet is taken action on, go to Outkick.com backslash odds. Also, you can compare future odds from DraftKings and points bet for most sports at outkick.com backslash futures. Lastly, at outkick.com backslash props, you can find player props by searching for a player, team, or game through the search bar at the bottom, and it'll show you DraftKings and points bets player prop prices. So check those out at outkick.com. Dot com And also, please check out outkick.com backslash bet to get promotional offers at our sponsored sports books, DraftKings, and points bets. Okay, gamblers, let's get gambling. All right, I'm here with the homie Dan Z, editor at Outkick. More of a behind-the-scenes guy, but I'm trying to put him more on the scene because this dude's sports, getting, sports betting stuff is sharp. And uh, I wouldn't bring him on outkick bets if he wasn't sharp. So, Dan, I'm happy to have you here to break down NFL Week 1. I'm excited just to be able to gamble in NFL games, really. God, ever since the Super Bowl, all I do is just count the days until the NFL season starts. It always feels like it's not going to get here. I I can't believe we're here. Do you – I know we talked a little bit about golf – but outside of golf and football, do you get any? Uh, do you, do you bet on any other sports? I really got into golf, like you said. Um, dabble a little bit with like 
I, I actually bet on the U.S. Open in tennis a little bit this year, which I would never do. I had a nice 10-leg parlay get upset by Serena's upset victory, which was pretty disappointing. But I know you're a big baseball guy. I used to be a huge baseball fan, but I was really just never drawn to baseball betting. You know, there's not a lot else going on in the in the summer. Yeah, that's that's the reason why I do bet on baseball, really. <laughs> and I was pretty successful for the past five years, but – I have tanked it this year. I'm, I'm on a heater right now as we speak. Uh, I've won, I think, four straight baseball bets, three straight college football bets. So hopefully I can keep the good momentum rolling because I need to go nuts to end the MLB season just to end up even or not not heavily in the in the red. Well, I love that you hit me up on Saturday out of nowhere. And we're like, man, I was just looking around and – I really love this Oregon under total. Like, I think I'm going to hammer that. Put up a put up a piece on the site and just absolutely spot on. I mean, 49 to 3? Yeah. I was part me betting uh, Georgia's defense, but mostly fading Bo Nix. Uh, Bo Nix has ma- cost me so much money uh, at Auburn, and uh, I hate him. Now, I mean, he's he some sure of it back. Yeah, I made some of it back, but I'm definitely still uh, a loser betting Bo Nix games. And uh, I'm sure he's a swell kid, but I hate his <laughs> I, I hate his sports profile, let me tell you. Uh, but let's stop beating around the bush and kind of get here and get into the uh, groove of things with NFL Week 1. Obviously, we'll start with the Thursday night NFL opening kickoff game, which is the Buffalo Bills playing the defending champion Los Angeles Rams. A lot of action on the Bills. Uh, the Bills are heavy favorites to win the Super Bowl, in fact. Uh, but visiting the Los Angeles Rams are laying two, minus 110 each side. Money line's minus 130, which is more my fancy. But do you have any action here in the Bills-Rams week one? Um, I don't have any like strong feelings on it, but I do lean Rams here. If I were going to make a wager, I think I would just go Rams money line. Um, in the Rams, you're getting a team that has the better coach, let's be honest. Sean McVay is arguably the best coach in the NFL. He's had six months to prepare for this game. Uh, I know he spent most of that probably on a boat with his model girlfriend, but uh, I'm sure there was some Bills tape watching in there as well. But in the Rams, you get a team that's at home I don't think they're going to be Super Bowl hungover just from the simple fact that they are the Super Bowl champs and they're underdogs at home in week one. That seems kind of strange to me. I think McVay will have the guys fired up. I love the Bills this year. I think absolutely the Bills would be my Super Bowl pick. I think they're going to win 14 or 15 games. I just don't think this will be one of them. Yeah, it feels like a sucker spot. All the money is on the Bills. Um, and it's, it's all going against the defending Super Bowl champions who, who rarely lose in week one. That's both the Rams under McVay and reigning Super Bowl champions. So I'm with you on that. Um, here's a, a, a random, not a random thing, but like, so I'm interested, I'm, I'm possibly entering the Circus Survivor Contest in Las Vegas. I'm going to Las Vegas tomorrow to definitely enter in the Circus Millions, and I'm thinking about entering the Circus Survivor and here's how I was going to play it. This is so this is so ridiculous. And everyone who's listening who knows anything about Survivor is going to be like rolling their eyes and calling me stupid. Uh, it is kind of dumb. But I was thinking of using my week one Survivor pick on the Buffalo Bills. 
And uh, now I'll give you the rules here. What even makes this more ridiculous, the circus survivor rules is you have to pick 20 weeks correctly, 18 regular season weeks, and then thanks the three Thanksgiving games and the three Christmas games are all standalone weeks. And the Buffalo Bills, I, they definitely play on, on Thanksgiving, and I'm pretty sure they're playing the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. Uh, and I think they're playing on on, on, on the um, on Christmas as well. So either way, the Bills, who I have power rated as my best team, I'll be using them in week one in the diciest of spots. But my idea is, like, I... A, I'm going to have action on the game one way or the other, and I'm just going to go with the Buffalo Bills money line. And I'm, it's more of just like they're my they're they're my highest power rated team. LA's got absolutely no home field advantage. Let's roll type thing. But I also don't want to pay for the proxy if I don't have to. Is that is that so like ridiculous that I should just be like, dude, just 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 pay for the proxy and go with the go with the survivor pick that I'm going to give out later in this podcast. I thought your strategy was going to be, I'm going to take the Bills and I'm going to be in Vegas. So if they lose, I'm going to re-enter the contest and I'm going to pick a different team. That's the strategy I, th- I thought you were going with, but just that's the other in. option as well. I mean, that's not the worst idea, I guess. If you're allowed to to re-enter until the end of week one, um, yes, I think you're crazy. I think that's a crazy decision for all <laughs> the reasons you laid out. Number one, you're probably going to need the Bills later. Number two. They're definitely not a lock to win this game. And there are, in my view, a few locks on the board. Yes, you're crazy. That's correct. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, my official lean is Bill's money line, which is minus 130 at our sponsored sportsbook, DraftKings. Um, I think I think money comes in late on the Rams, actually, and pushes us down to like one and a half. That's what I'm thinking because of the, the, the Tredavious White injury. The question marks around Jordan Poyer and just like the Rams in week one being a good bet. Yeah, I think the Stafford elbow stuff probably scared some people away, but I'm with you. I actually got the Rams money line at um, plus 115. Now, to be fair, I bet it because DraftKings was running a promo where if they lead by seven at any point in the game, the money line bet pays out. So I was like, all right, I'll throw some money on that. Like, you know, even if they lose any time a seven point lead, DraftKings is offering you a win. So yes, I did bet it for those who are like, wait, I thought you said you didn't have any action on the game, but with that caveat that I got the, the extra way to pay it out. Um, but I got it at plus plus one fifteen. It's now one ten, And I think it'll close closer to either, uh, you know, minus a plus minus a hundred. However, how do you say that? Minus a hundred plus a hundred. I would say even money. Rams even, or even it could slide to 105, or maybe even... Uh, when I say even, though, I always think it's going to be both at 110. That's do, do you pick them? But that more applies to the spread as well. I would say even money. Even money. I uh, I think it could move. I think it'll move. I mean, and here's the thing. It, it's going to be one of the biggest bet on games of the year because it's the opener, and people want to have action on it because you're going to watch it. You know, If you're not a Bills or a Rams fan, you want to care about it. Luckily, there's going to be a lot of fantasy implications because of, you know, all the uh, offensive firepower on both teams. But, uh, yeah, man, I'll, I, I'll go Rams, and I think uh, if you still get them at plus 110, I, I like that still. All right. Well, we're oppo on that, but not strong conviction either one of us or for either one of us here. Uh, also, shout out. we uh, You guys should check out outkick.com uh, backslash bet to get a similar promo, but probably even better than Dan's. Um, 
both of our sponsors, Points Bet Sportsbook and DraftKings Sportsbook, offer up some pretty good promotions. So you can check them out at outkick.com backslash bet. Uh, but I, on to the actual Sunday slate. And uh, the first game here on the DraftKings board, at least, is DraftKings board, excuse me, is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, visiting the New York Jets, Baltimore is laying minus seven, minus one fifteen to lay the touchdown with Baltimore. Total is at forty four and a half. Um, I think me and you were kind of going in the same direction on this game, but I'll let you um, give your analysis first. Well, it's interesting we're starting here because I know you want to do best bets and Survivor and all that, and it's all riding here for me, big boy. <laughs> I mean. I I cannot believe the Ravens are laying seven points to the Jets. Uh, It should be 10, maybe 12, if we're being honest. Just came out that Joe Flacco is going to start. I I mean, is the Joe Flacco revenge game enough to to push this line? I can't believe it. Uh, John Harbaugh, 10 and four against the spread in week one, including five and one in his last six. They did not cover last year in week one. They lost to the Raiders in overtime in that thrilling game, if you remember it. Um, But the Ravens had two seven point leads in the fourth quarter and the Raiders were a good team last year. But the four previous years before last year in week one, when the Ravens played mediocre to lower level teams, they beat the Browns 38 to six. They beat the Dolphins 59 to 10. They beat the Bills 47 to 3, and they shut out the Bengals 20 to 10. The average score for the Ravens in week one in the last five years, even including that Raiders game, is 39 to 9. I I just don't know. Like as far as Survivor goes, to me, that's the that's a that's a dead nuts lock. I, I just I, I wouldn't even you don't even need to look at the rest of the board. I'm taking the Ravens lock to beat the Jets. Easy money. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, unfortunately. Uh, I would like some disagreement. I think that makes for a better podcast, and we'll get into some disagreement a little bit later, but I can't hate on any of your analysis. I mean, if the Ravens the Ravens are going to be at their best in week one because of no injuries, right, or they're going to be fully healthy, and uh, I do think they're going to be chomping at the bit just to prove that last year was solely based on the injuries. I mean, obviously it was, and... Honestly, they just they have so much more talent than the New York Jets. Um, I, I actually do think Joe Flacco is a slight upgrade in this game over Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has the physical tools to make some crazy shit happen, and maybe the Jets like backdoor cover with Zach Wilson. Um, but I, I do think he he also has a, a lower uh, floor as well than than Joe Flacco. But um, how I'm gonna play this is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in a teaser. Uh, one of my teaser legs. Um, I'll get into the other one a little bit later here. Um, tease this one down to minus one. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens actually are um, seventeen and three on six point teasers of road fa- as road favorites of at least seven points in the Lamar Jackson era. So that's eighty five percent. I know I like those odds. Throwing it into a, a teaser leg. So I'll get into the other side of the teaser um, when we get to that game, but. Um, it's also most likely going to be my survivor pick of the week. <laughs> I might end up on the Buffalo Bills uh, at some point tomorrow. Then then they'll have to re-up possibly, then go with the Ravens. Um, but but to your point, uh, this feels like the best um, survivor pick of the week. Although 
like how many survivor pools are going to have it, right? Let's say there's 100 people in a survivor league. 90? 90? The hardest thing about survivor, the, the, the biggest mistake I think people make, first of all, the goal is to win is to not get eliminated right. right so i always hate when people go like well you try to get too cute with it that's when people end up screwing themselves the other thing to me is like the hardest week to predict is week one we haven't we have no information about these teams yeah. we can do all the history and all the trends from last year that we want it's different teams a lot of these guys have you know the jets have a different have a new coach who that who knows what their team's gonna look like so for me Week one, I go surest bet possible, and, and that's this one. I mean, again, you're going to hear this from me a lot today, which is week one, trend towards the better coach. Guys, Coach, coaching differences are bigger the less time – I'm sorry, the more time they have to prepare. So you give John Harbaugh over Robert Sala, you know, four or five, six months to prepare for this game – um, I trust what Harbaugh can do. Like I mentioned, Harbaugh is incredible in week one. The Jets are 0-3 against the spread in the past three week ones. They've lost six straight games in September and 11 of their last 12 September games. So I'm getting a Hall of Fame coach over a rookie head coach. I think the Jets actually could be okay, um, but they're just relying on so many young guys. Like they drafted Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Um, they've got Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson, who are second-year guys, but that's going to take time, in, in my view, for them to gel together, and I can't see it all playing out in week one. Yeah, and, and you just went over uh, Baltimore's week one splits over the last, what, five years? It's pretty much them carrying their preseason momentum into week one. I mean, John Harbaugh always has his guys buttoned up the first you know month of the season, and uh, they always have great off seasons and 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 preseasons, so uh, that's a good look and and frankly one that I agree with. And you get a healthy Lamar Jackson, which you know that's the biggest issue throughout the season. If you were going to you know place a future on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, you need Lamar Jackson to be healthy healthy for twenty one games. I don't know that he's going to be able to survive you know a full season, but good chance he's going to survive week one. So give me Lamar Jackson now before the Ravens lose any value later. Yeah, and even more to the point of, of liking it on a teaser, let's say the worst happens, Lamar Jackson goes down. I'll take Tyler Huntley over Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, Mike White, any Jets True. quarterback. So <laughs> I'm cool with uh, having this as a teaser leg. Uh, but moving along, next game on the slate, uh, AFC South matchup. The Indianapolis Colts are favored seven in Houston playing the Texans. Total is at 45.5. I'm just going to... Cut right to the point here. I do not have much on this game. I'm still, I didn't even include this in my survivor pick a couple years ago, but I'm still scarred at the Colts losing in week one to the Garner Minshew, Jacksonville Jaguars, the, the, the Phillip Rivers, Indianapolis Colts. Um, I do actually like Frank Reich, and I do think the Matt Ryan thing will work out, but I also like Houston's head coach, Levy Smith. I think he's a little underrated, and I do think Davis Mills is probably the the best uh, rookie quarterback besides Mac Jones last year and he actually showed a few glimpses and Houston's roster really it just isn't terrible you know I I, I wouldn't bet him here uh, but I'm also uh, I I like them enough to not want to tease the Indianapolis Colts here on on the road that's really all that I got in this game um, but but what, what do you say yeah, so initially when I looked at the slate, um, I did have the Colts up there. And at one point, even a few weeks ago, just 
when I was just kind of kicking it around. I did have them as my survivor pick, but there are a few things that make me nervous about that. Number one, there is money coming in on the Texans, and this line has moved. Um, I believe it was eight or eight and a half at, at one point, and now it's it's seven. So if that line's getting pushed down, that makes me very nervous that they know something I don't know because this is another one that seems kind of obvious. You've got the Colts who by all measures were a good, a competent quarterback away from a strong run last year before Carson Wentz just completely disappeared, which is not unexpected if you've ever listened to anything I've ever said about the guy, but, but they get Matt Ryan, who is not someone who's going to blow you away, obviously, but I, I mean, I think he's an upgrade from just a game management perspective. I don't think he'll make the mistakes that Carson Wentz made. They have an elite running game with Jonathan Taylor. They have guys like Michael Pittman. You can get them the ball in space. Matt Ryan doesn't need to, you know, be hucking the ball down the field, forcing it into tight windows. They've got the they've got the dudes, the horses, as they say. I think they're going to be a good team, but there's something about that money coming in on Houston that just makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a sharp play. I mean, I can't I can't believe the public or suckers would be betting the Houston Texans. I guess maybe some of the most loyal Houston Texan fans in the city of Houston, but yeah, any movement towards the Texans feels sharp in this spot because I mean, back to your point, I mean, Lovey Smith, like it's he's a veteran coach, whether or not it's with this team, he's he's going to know how to get his team prepared for week 1. Um, if anything, I think this game will be closer than people think. So there's no way I'm laying the seven with the Colts. I still, I, there's no way I have enough confidence in the Texans to even take just a touchdown, but I'm also not laying it. So I'm with you. This is a pass for me. Um, I also am passing on the Colts as a survivor pick, but I guess they would be second on my list still. Really? Cause I figured the second survivor pick on your, on your list would be the next game we're going to talk about, which is the San Francisco 49ers, um, lane seven at the Chicago bears. I know you're really down on the Chicago bears and I am as well. Um, Justin Fields just didn't look, uh, ready to play in year one. You could put a lot of that on Matt Nagy. You could put a lot of that on his supporting cast, but ultimately, however you get there, he did not look Um, like a a starting NFL quarterback. Um, But the San Francisco 49ers turn over the reins of their offense to Trey Lance, um, taking over for Jimmy G. There's been a lot of scrutiny, a lot of discussion, a lot of hubbub over that. Um, Was I right in saying that this would probably be your second best survivor pick, or or how do you feel about this game? Yeah, the problem here for me, 100%, I think the San Francisco 49ers are miles better than the Chicago Bears. The problem's... There are a couple problems for me here, though, as far as taking them as a survivor pick, which is West Coast team on the road at one o'clock in the Eastern time zone. Don't like that. And I just don't love Trey Lance. And I guess the reason I don't love Trey Lance is because the 49ers are telling me I shouldn't love Trey Lance because they don't love Trey Lance. If they love Trey Lance, they would have gotten rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Kyle Shanahan knows that this isn't going to work. And I think he kept an insurance policy in place. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starting quarterback for this team, probably, if not in September, definitely in October. Um, I think the mistakes that he could make in this game could leave it open. That would be that's my biggest word. Like I, I, I think Field stinks. I think the Bears stink. But boy, if Trey Lance makes a couple of big errors, you know, interceptions in his own zone, makes a couple of bad plays, that those are things that can turn a football game. 
And that would be my concern with the 49ers of Trey Lance susceptible to too bit too many big mistakes that could cost them. Again, 49ers should win the game, far more talent up and down the roster. I just can't roll with Trey Lance in week one as a survivor pick. I just can't do it. Yeah, I'm, that's pretty much the brunt of my analysis as well. Uh, analysis as well. For the 49ers in the Shanahan era are 4 0 um, straight up as road favorites of seven or more, and then 4 0 against the spread as well. So if you want to include it in a teaser leg, I don't hate that strategy, but laying the seven with. I kind of still feel like as a rookie quarterback. I mean, yeah, it basically is. I, I mean, two and a half, one, two starts and one half. Yeah, he skipped his final year of. Uh, is it North Dakota State? I don't, I don't even. I don't even know. Yeah. I, I never well, watched co- him play college football. I'll tell you that it was it was the COVID year, I believe. Right? They didn't play football. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, he played one game, one in exhibition 20... game or something. Right, exactly. They played one game, and he wasn't, frankly, that impressive in that one game. But you know, teams fall in love with skills and tools. He looks like an NFL quarterback. He's strong, and that actually leads me. There is one way I am playing this game, which is I love Trey Lance over thirty-six and a half rushing yards. Um, I think there's no doubt that with a guy like Lance who's going to face pressure to perform right away, he's got Jimmy G over his shoulder. That kind of pressure is going to force him to do what he knows. And what he knows is to run the football. Um, He had two starts last year. He went over 36 and a half on one of the two starts, although the second one was a blowout where he didn't have to run at all. I guess that could happen here. I don't think it will. And I think he'll run a lot early. Um, The bears faced two rushing quarterbacks last year and, both of them went over 40 yards. I mean, Lance has averaged 2.4 rushing yards per pass attempt in his young NFL career. I, I cannot see a way that Trey Lance doesn't rush for over over 40 rushing yards, and you're getting this number at 36 and a half. I think it's a great number, and uh, I would that's that's the only way I'm playing this game right now. Just got to tighten it up for you, man. It, it steamed up to 38 and a half on on DraftKings. So I'm take I'm taking it over anything under 40. I'm taking it. Okay, cool. So it's an official bet in your account, but you already got it at 36 and a half? 36 and a half, yeah, yesterday. Okay, but you put it up to 39 and a half, so that's good for the audience to know. Um, I actually like taking the over of quarterback rushing yards for the quarterback that's projected to have less rushing yards. So Justin Fields in the sense, or in this case, is his uh, rushing total is 34 and a half, and the over is at minus 120. And my thinking is, uh, I just essentially like the 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 other mobile quarterback. I think views the more mobile quarterback as like like a challenger, and the way he approaches it is like I I can do that too. If this guy thinks he can run, I can run too. So it's usually for more of like the stiffer mobile quarterbacks, like a Ryan Tannehill. Like I'll take an over Ryan Tannehill. 12 and a half rushing yards when he's going against, uh, I don't know, like a, a much more mobile quarterback, I guess maybe a Trevor Lawrence in this case. Um, so I also like, there's going to be a lot of hero ball needed to be played by Justin Fields in this offense. I mean, if you're looking at Daryl Mooney as your number one wide receiver, I could see a lot of just broken plays and him scrambling out of the pocket. So I wouldn't hate a look at over Justin Fields, 34 and a half yards. Um, just, I like both of them. 
I actually looked I looked at the numbers on both of them. I like Trey's just a little bit better, but I like both of them to go over again, especially in week one. Um, both of these guys are under a lot of pressure to to win more than anything. And, you know, both of their biggest strengths right now is is being able to run the football. I don't I certainly don't trust the Bears offensive line. So Fields is going to be running for his life. But I don't know. I mean, to get over 40 rushing yards, though, like all you need is a couple plays where, you know, you get man coverage and, you know, a guy that's like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, like 12, 15 yard runs aren't out of the a couple of those a game are absolutely not out of the question. And then you just need a couple other. I, to me, I like them both. I, I like Lance a little bit better. Now I'm one. You got me wondering if DraftKings has my account flag. Did I take that 36 and a half? And they're like, oh, we got to bump this up. We got sharp that's action little, right here from Dan little, Z. That's a, that's a little low. <laughs> yeah, baby, you're moving numbers. That's totally what's happening. Um, no, I, I, you know, I also, the a reason why I'm staying away from the 49ers, another reason is um, I'm, I actually think Kyle Shanahan's a little overrated. And uh, the first Outkick Bets podcast I had uh, featured Mackenzie Rivers, who's a pregame.com analyst. And he's actually Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan's cousin. Um, and I didn't have the balls to tell him. I, it's probably not really uh, good etiquette to be like, hey, your cousin's overrated. But I, I, I've had that feeling in my bones for years now. And this guy cannot get above 500. We were just talking about Lovey Smith and how much they clown on him. Pretty sure Lovey Smith is two games above 500, and Kyle, Kyle Shanahan's four games below 500. So I'm just I don't trust him with a quarterback who I don't think he's really behind here or is overly excited about. I agree with your analysis on that. Lane seven on the road, and I got a I got a funny story too because uh, and we just talked about the the Jets, so it's sort of apropos, but it's. I'm about to prove that I do have the balls. So I was doing a, uh, I was producing a Stu Gotts podcast when I was at ESPN, and he had at the time Jets quarter, Jets uh, coach Adam Gase on. And at some point, Stu Gotts did what Stu Gotts does, which is he's in the middle of recording a podcast, and he's like, "Oh, the pizza guy's here. I'll be right back." So I end up having to like talk to Adam Gase for like a little bit, just kind of off the air. And Stu Gotts comes back, he's like, "What are you guys talking about?" And I was like, "Oh, nothing, whatever." And he's like, uh, "So Dan, for the air, you got anything you want to say to Adam Gase?" You know, he goes, "Dan's a Dolphins fan. You got anything you want to say to Adam Gase?" And I go, "Yeah, Adam, glad you're not a Dolphins. Glad you're not the Dolphins coach anymore." Oh, <laughs> that has nothing to do with you being an outkick right now, right? That that wasn't a deal breaker at ESPN. Adam Gase didn't no. call up and be like. You got to get rid of this Dan Z guy. No, 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 absolutely not. Although one could argue. Anyway, uh, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, I told him after. I was like, look, man, I, you know, it's just it's for the content. I, although I did believe it. I mean, he's he was a horrible coach, and and you know, couldn't got fired by the Jets too. Like that was just. But yes, uh, I had it. I said it right to Adam Gase's face. It's on record. You can go look it up if you want. Stu Gotts, Adam Gase podcast. You'll find it. You're a bigger man than me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, moving on to the next game here, Pittsburgh Steelers getting six and a half, visiting the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. 
This is another p- teaser play for me. Um, it's not your traditional Wong teaser, so I'm assuming that any sharps listening to this podcast are probably rolling their eyes. Um, but I was thinking of going a little unconventional with my second teaser leg. I was thinking about taking the Detroit Lions up to 10. Um, but I'm going to go with the Bengals, minus 6.5. I do think there isn't going to be a, a, your traditional Super Bowl hangover for this team. I do think they're going to win. Um, at least 10 games, if not 11 or 12, and, and, and win the division. I do have Joe Burrow as my MVP. Um, that being said, I've always loved Mike Tomlin. I have the utmost respect for his ability as a coach, and I could absolutely see them covering this spread and keeping it close. Um, but I do think Cincinnati does prevail in the long run, and, and, and a, a big reason why is because I think I think Mitchell Trubisky is terrible. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky should be a starting quarterback. I think they should just go with Kenny Pickett early. Um, and I think the idea of Mitch Trubisky being an upgrade over the statue that was Big Ben is 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 laughable. Even how just bad Big Ben was for Pittsburgh last year. I actually don't think Mitchell Trubisky is going to be better. So I'm going to tease it down to a half point, but. I just need the Bengals to win and the Ravens to win, and that minus 120 six-point teaser will cash. So you know who disagrees with you about Mitchell Trubisky is the analytics website 538. Um, I wrote a piece today for Outkick.com entitled Analytics Website Releases Insane NFL QB Rankings for 2022. And by far the most egregious, which I focused on, is they have Mitchell Trubisky ranked as the 12th best quarterback going into this season. Number 11 is Joe Burrow. They have Mitchell Trubisky one spot behind his opponent, Joe Burrow. And I mean, that's NFL malpractice, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't go to 538 for anything because there are polls. (laughs) There's anything that comes from them. I look at it as just complete junk, to be honest. Um, And You've really kind of thrown me off, and now I'm like kind of angry. Like how? <laughs> That's what I said. I wrote it in the piece. I I, I don't usually get legitimately angry because like it's rankings pieces. They're fun. We can argue. I was legitimately angry seeing Trubisky at twelve, Gardner Minshew in the top twenty. Um, really? I mean Colt McCoy at twenty two. The the list of guys that right, they have in on. the top. They're trolling. I'm not joking. They're trolling. I'm not. Come on. This is all – go check out my piece, outkick.com, website I, releases, insane NFL QB rankings. This is a real thing. Nick I believe Foles you. I don't believe them. I mean, Nick Foles is 23. Drew Locke, 24. Like, these are all guys they are saying they should be starters in this league. Nick Mullins. They have Kirk Cousins at nine, and, you know, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, you'd actually probably put them higher, wouldn't you? I, no, we talked about this. I'm higher on Kirk Cousins than the market, and the market generally has him around 15-ish. I, I think he's a top 15 quarterback. I definitely don't have him as top 10. I even said that in the piece, which will shock all of the OutKick people because you know we have these daily calls where the OutKick staff all talks. We, we kick around ideas, and it's become a running joke that Dan loves Kirk Cousins. Um, and I like him, again, better than the market, but I I can't. He's not a top 10 quarterback. So what are your concerns with the Cincinnati Bengals here covering the teaser or just in this game in general? I know it's stupid. I hate to be this guy and be like the, you know, because we're we're, we're smart guys. We're analytical guys. But like, gosh, 
the Bengals just don't play well against the Steelers. Again, we go back to coaching. You've got Mike Tomlin. Zach Taylor's an incredible coach, but he's new. It's a rivalry game. Something just inside of me, like deep in my loins, is just like the Steelers are keeping this game close at worst. And we're gambling and in the long run, huh? And at best, they're winning this game. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. My love for Mike Tomlin uh, forces me to agree with you. I, I do love Mike Tomlin, but my hatred for Mitch Trubisky makes makes me push through with the Wait, bet. Let me let me say this. I think Trubisky's an upgrade over last year's Roethlisberger, and that team made the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're high, and I think you've been reading too much 538. <laughs> you are wait hold on are you saying mr risky is not an upgrade over 2021 ben roethlisberger i i absolutely believe ben roethlisberger oh. last year is better than mitchell oh. trubisky ever like no way. i know it's ridiculous this is all eyeball tests but i witnessed big, big ben throw pittsburgh back into games like they got oh. dumb lucky a couple times and and big ben Got dumb lucky throwing junk jump balls up in the middle of traffic and 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 Steelers wide receivers would come down with it. That being said, I just I do I think he's a better overall quarterback. I mean physical skills, no way, but like But Trubisky's never had this much talent on his offense. I mean, he's got Chase Claypool, he's got Deontay Johnson, he's got Pat Fryermuth, he's got Najee Harris. Like this Steelers their offensive line is is a big problem, and I think that's going to be an issue. But at least you could say about Trubisky, he's mobile. He'll be able to get away. Roethlisberger never could. I mean, he he his he set records last year for how fast he threw the ball because he pretty much had to. The line was collapsing, and he couldn't move. But Trubisky at least will be able to get himself out of trouble. And, and on those plays where he can get out of trouble, guys like Claypool, Deontay Johnson, you can't cover them for four or five seconds. I don't care how good of a DB you are. You're not keeping those guys yeah. contained for that long. So I like the Steelers to have a couple of big plays that keep them in this game, kind of like a Trubisky gets out of the pocket, Johnson or Claypool breaks free, and, and the big play worries me here. Um, I like the Bengals a lot this season. It's kind of my my thoughts on the, on the Bills. I like them a lot this season. I think they're going to win a lot of games. I think they'll win the division. I think they'll win this game, but I'm not that confident that they're going to win this game. Yeah, wouldn't include it in a teaser leg. I got you. I, I would not. Actually, if I were going to do a teaser, I might go the other way and go Steelers plus 12 and a half. Really? I can't even unpack that. All right, we'll just leave that there. Uh, n- next game, a team that I'm high on here, the New Orleans Saints. Actually not going to bet them here, but they're laying five and a half, going to the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Um, the total sits at 42. I have a player prop that I like in this game, but do you have a, a side total player prop, whatever, that you're betting in Saints-Falcons? No, I. this is another one of those games, man. Like, everyone thinks the Falcons are going to be horrible. And then all of a sudden, people think the Saints are going to be good. So why is this line five and a half? That just makes me look at that and go, like, what's going on here? I I, I think the Falcons are a little bit of a live so dog. Wait, you think that's a big number? Because the way I see it, it's like five and a half on the road against a division team. Like, that's a big number, I think. You, you disagree, though. 
Well, I, just because I think the Falcons are rated as literally one of the worst teams in the NFL, and with the buzz that the Saints have been getting lately as potential winners of this division, which also I think is ridiculous. If you're going to take anyone to win this division, that's not Tampa Bay. For me, it's Carolina, but we can get into that later. Oh, I'll be making that bet at Sports Circus Sports tomorrow, actually, the New Orleans Saints <laughs> to win this division. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like A lot of people are leaning that way right now. I think the Falcons are a little bit of a live dog just based off of the fact that the buzz about them is so negative that that this is a like historically bad team. They lost Calvin Ridley due to the gambling suspension, which is kind of ironic given what what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I would um, I would love to have Calvin Ridley on as a guest next week. Calvin awesome. Ridley, open invite. Your people call my people. Actually, you just call me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I, I I'm, this is a stay away from me because something about the Falcons makes me nervous. It's a stay away from me. Yeah. Uh, as like for a side or a total, it's a stay away. I just could see like, you know, Jameis Winston's got a lot of new po- toys to play with, but I could see him get a little reckless and throwing a pick six here. Or Marcus Mariota having like a nice play. Um, Kyle Pitts could break one. Although that, that, that's, that would be really bad for the bet that I'm about to give out, which is I'm taking Kyle Pitts under 16 and a half yards at minus 120. So New Orleans defense was seventh in fantasy points per game allowed to opposing tight ends. And, and their linebacker, Demario Davis could be like probably the best. He's probably the best linebacker in the NFL. He's definitely in the conversation. Uh, according to PFF pro football focus, he gave up the second fewest fantasy points per route run. Uh, for linebackers against tight ends. He's got the ninth best uh, pass coverage grade. And I also think New Orleans' defense, the middle of their defense and coverage, is just going to get much better by adding Tyron Matthew in the offseason and and, and Marcus May at safety. So um, they know that uh, Kyle Pitts is going to be – is, is going to be heavily targeted. Uh, the, he actually went over. He had 62 receiving yards in one of the games last year, but he had seven targets and only caught three balls. So it was probably, uh, you know, he, 20 yards per catch is even, uh, I think, above his average. So um, if they can hold him to, to three or four catches in this um, – in this in this game that'll keep him under 16 and a half points and or 16 and a half yards excuse me also his over is juiced to minus 120 so uh feels like DraftKings is trying to incentivize some um or his unders his unders juiced to 120 so it feels like DraftKings trying to incentivize some over pits money there and and I know I know I know he is uh, a fantasy darling and he's got all the talent in the world but I think this is a, a good fade spot so I'll take under Kyle Pitts 16 and a half yards. I'll tell you, I like that play too. And for another reason, which is that, you know, if I'm the Falcons defense and I'm looking across the field, like who am I keying in on? And the answer is Kyle Pitts. If they're going to try to stop anyone, you know, the old Bill Belichick rule, like I'm just going to take your best player and, and not let him beat me. And if you, if, if Olamide Zacchaeus beats me, then I mean, Hey, tip your cap and move on to week two. Right. Like, yeah. But, you know, I'm not spending extra time worried about Brian Edwards. I think Drake London is going to be an absolute NFL bust. That's another conversation for another day. But just nothing in his his profile makes him somebody that I would be excited about. Um, Cordero Patterson was a nice story last year, but he's a 30-plus-year-old running back. I mean, there's a reason he didn't pop before last year. The guy's not loaded with talent. 
if I'm keying in on one guy and I'm the Saints, it's Kyle Pitts. So I like that play a lot. I think they're going to force and, and Mariota's a veteran. If, if they take Kyle Pitts away, I don't think he's going to force it to him. I think he'll try to get the ball where it needs to go. He can run a little bit and um, maybe dump it to Patterson out of the backfield. Yeah, I like that play a lot. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, Mariota's not a guy who's going to try to throw dudes open. Yeah, he'll make something out of nothing with his legs. He's also like factually worse than Matt Ryan from from an arm talent standpoint. So like Kyle Pitts downgrading quarterback and playing against one of the best defenses in Week One, I could just I could see this number going under, and that's why I'm giving it out to you guys. So uh, next game here in the slate, Philadelphia Eagles has been has been taking sharp action all summer long. Uh, they're laying in four points when they head to Motor City to play the Detroit Lions. Totals at 49 um are you buying the hype of either one of these squads this is a weirdly interesting game like i'm gonna write a column for outkick every week um where i rank based on tiers like how excited i am to watch each game right i feel like you're a tier guy like you like ranking things oh uh, tiers more specifically i love tiers i'm if you ever want to have a fantasy conversation like when people go like oh rank your fantasy i'm like you put them into tiers to me they're all the same Anyway, do you have like clever names for each of your tiers whenever you do these? Oh, I will. Yeah, absolutely. Damn it, I can't wait. Damn it. Like what? I mean, I can tell you right now that the worst tier is going to be like if this game touches my TV, I pump my TV off my back porch. And I initially thought that this game would be one of those games. But the more I look at it, I'm like, I'm kind of intrigued by it. It's like a weirdly interesting game. I kind of want to see where the Philadelphia Eagles are at. You know, Jalen Hurts, you want to talk about quarterback pressure and a a team that doesn't really seem to believe in him. That would be Jalen Hurts with the Eagles, who basically were like, look, you got we'll give you another year because we don't have any other options. But like, we're not excited about it. Wait, you're out in the East Coast, right? Out in Connecticut. Do you have Eagles fan friends? Uh, I mean, I went to Penn State, so I went to school with some Eagles fans, but I don't regularly communicate. I I try not to regularly communicate with Philadelphia sports fans. (laughs) That's, That's probably for the better, actually point i was gonna make is they do not believe in jalen hurts either no they don't and you know what though to the eagles credit they've at least set him up for some level of success by going out and getting aj brown they drafted devonta smith last year like they have some weapons on that offense sick um, line their offensive line is outstanding dallas goddard can still play you know miles sanders if they ever decide that he can get more than 10 touches in a game could be good like they've got a stable of backs. I actually drafted Kenneth Gainwell in the Outkick Fantasy League that you did such a good job handicapping because I think he's going to catch some balls out of the backfield. Um, there's a lot around him, so I'm interested. Like, can Hurts just do enough and get the ball to these guys? I'm a A.J. Brown stan, 100%. Love A.J. Brown. Think he could have a big year. I, I would like to see what they can do. And as far as Detroit, I am I hate Jared Goff. I think he's easily one of the five worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. But, like, man, uh, they have players too, man, like Amon Ra and DeAndre Swift and DJ Chark, like TJ Hawkinson. Like, dudes could play. This could be a fun game. I'm actually, now that we're talking about this, like, I like the over a lot. Like, I think these are teams in a dome that could get into a little bit of a track meet on the uh, on the turf. I'm starting to lean. I, I, I didn't think I had a play here, but just as we start talking about it and going through it, I'm kind of digging an over, and I'm getting it under 50 points. I don't know that either of these defenses are going to be all that good. Yeah, let's let's read the market report. This is according to DraftKings right now. Um, 
58% of the money is on the over. 59% of the bets placed are on the under. So we got a little pros versus Joes thing here. Pro side feels like they're going over. And that's not surprising because, again, like I just look at it from a public perspective. You think Eagles, you think Lions, you think crappy teams. And usually when people, like when the public thinks crappy teams, they think can't score. It's just like kind of that automatic connection that the public makes. So you go Eagles, eh, mediocre, Lions, crappy, not going to score points. I don't agree. I I think everything we just laid out, like I don't know that either defense is going to be outstanding. It's on turf, which I always love turf overs. And you've got a ton of speed on both sides that could be hard to match up. Um, yeah, I now like the over. Thanks, Jeff. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna play that as soon as we're done here. Hey, people helping people. It's powerful stuff. I will just say, <laughs> there um, last year when the total was 48 and a half or more, the Lions were um, one and three to the under. The Eagles, real quick, were three and three. So. I don't know if you're a trends guy. I don't think the trends really matter. I do actually agree with your analysis and just piggyback off of it. Um, the Lions O-line is sick as well. So both quarterbacks, neither one of which I have much confidence in, are at least probably going to be upright the whole game. And I do like Detroit's pieces around Jared Goff, and I do kind of feel like he's built for success. Hawkinson is an above-average tight end. St. Brown could play a little bit. DeAndre Swift is nasty, and Jamal Williams is, is, is a good good back as well. If Campbell's smart, he would just use Sean McVay's blueprint. Like, he showed you how to win with Jared Goff. Like, if I were Dan Campbell, I would have spent the entire offseason just watching Goff Rams tape and be like, okay, what did they do? Because they had the same situation with, you know, with, with Cup and yeah. Woods and – that's all it was. It was like get the ball out of Goff's hands and get it to get it into the guys who can make plays. And they certainly have the guys that can make plays. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna trust that Dan Campbell knows that. I'm gonna trust that this is a quick fire offense. Get the ball out of Jared Goff's hands as soon as possible. I still don't trust them to win the game, but I think we're going over. All right. Next game here on the slate, the Cleveland Browns play uh, visit the Carolina Panthers and a Baker Mayfield revenge game. The line's down to one and a half with the Panthers favored. Money line's minus 125. Total sitting at 42. Um, I know the revenge game is a sucker handicapping angle, um, but this is a guilty pleasure for me. I absolutely love a good revenge game. I prefer them in the NBA because these spiteful little shits can really actually like just take over a game when they want. You know, but... If there was a one position, obviously, in football that, that a revenge angle could factor in, it would be the quarterback position. And Carolina's defense was just way underrated last year. Like, their advanced metrics, I think they were seventh in defensive EPA per play, like fifth in success rate. But they always had the worst starting field position on defense because Sam Darnold would pretty much turn around and give the ball to the other team. I do think – I'm not crazy about Baker Mayfield. I thought he was going to suck coming out of the draft. He is a lot better than Sam Darnold, like a lot better. I, I, I Not according to 538. Oh, God, don't bring up Nate – is it Nate Silver? <laughs> Nate Silver. I almost called him Nate Davis. That's, that's a USA Today guy. Don't bring up Nate Silver anymore on this podcast. He has, He's banned. He has – he has Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, or their site, or whoever did it, ranked exactly the same as tied for 51st 
I always thought that like their math skills just made it impossible for me to work there. But the more we talk about 538, I feel like I can write. I just, I'll just put numbers in the middle of my sentences and people will be like, all right, it's 538. This guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> um, how, how do you feel about the, the Baker Mayfield revenge angle? Is it, is it, yeah. is it too square? I, the, I love the Panthers this year. I really do. Like I said or a little bit earlier, um, I think if anyone's going to win that division. Yeah, you were flirting with NFC South uh, Carolina Panthers bets. Yeah, I mean, look. Plus a thousand, ten to one for them to win the division. I don't think that many things have to go right for it to happen. Obviously, when you take a ten to one bet, you don't expect it to pay. But right. I don't think that that many things have to go right for it to happen. Um, one of the things they need to happen is Tom Brady, all this drama and stuff, to actually matter. And I think it might a little bit. But the other thing is, like Baker, just has to be marginally better than Sam Darnold, and I think he is marginally better than Sam Darnold. Um, the problem is you're replacing one guy who makes mistakes with another guy who makes mistakes. So, but look, they need McCaffrey to stay healthy. Like even last year, if you remember the Panthers started three and Oh, and it was with McCaffrey in the lineup and Sam Darnold's numbers plummeted the second they lost Christian McCaffrey. He makes such an unbelievable difference in, I mean, obviously it would be in anyone's offense, but certainly in this offense. And I think that same is going to be true for Baker. If McCaffrey can stay healthy, (laughs) everyone just says it over and over. And like, that's obviously a big if, but to me, they have two of the best offensive weapons in the entire NFL and McCaffrey and DJ Moore, who I think is a super underrated top five wide receiver. I think they can be really good. Um, I don't even care about the revenge angle. I think the Panthers are a far better team. If you lose, you said DJ Moore is a top five wide receiver. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like in the in the division or like the whole NFL. In the NFL, he's a top five wide receiver for sure. Talent wise, absolutely. Plus, I don't like, remember I your fantasy team. Did you draft him? Did you draft him in the second round because he definitely was available as a top five wide receiver? Did well, you? Well, the problem is I have him as the fifth best, and the fourth I have is AJ Brown, which is who I took. Whatever, man. So you didn't get him. You all right? All right? All right? I'm, I keep. Going. I took AJ Brown instead, who I have ranked slightly higher. All right, fair enough. I That's... mean, how how unfair is that? I uh, AJ Brown should be ranked higher than DJ Moore. I, I'll give you that. I you just want to do a little little side action here. DJ DJ Moore over twelve hundred receiving yards. I kind of like DJ Moore, and I like Baker Mayfield. You said top five, and. There's a, been a couple comments that I slightly disagree with, but like I'm not going to make an argument out of it. That one I was like, whoa, wait a second, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you, all right. Uh, how about Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, yeah, one Cooper and two. Cup, Debo Samuel, yeah. who's like 150 percent of what DJ Moore is, only because of usage. See, that's where we end up with the divide because it's enough. a usage issue. Well, if, if Carolina. I like DJ Moore better. Okay. I think he can do more things. Stronger, better route runner. I'm not going to go down for, further in this rabbit hole. I'm sorry to cut you off too. You're 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 giving some pretty good analysis on this, but I was just I had I had to circle back on that one. Understood. I I like I like Carolina a lot. I think they're the better team. Um, I don't. Everything in my body is saying Carolina, which always makes me go, I must be wrong, right? Like Vegas wants me to think that. They right. want me to think that Carolina is the obvious play here. Um, it looks like they're getting the money. I mean, because why is this line one and a half? 
Well, it got up to two and a half. I was like, all right, that's the direction it should be. It should be heading. And then I just refreshed the page when we got to this uh, part of the podcast, and it's one and a half. And but according those aren't to, even, according and those to aren't DraftKings, even key, those aren't even key numbers. So, like, why would two and a half force an immediate market correction? Because you're looking like Carolina should be better. They're at home. Cleveland's starting Jacoby Brissett. Why are they not? Yeah, at but least everyone a field goal loves favorite? that roster. Like, there, there's people that would argue there is not a hole in Cleveland's roster aside from quarterback. I, I, I disagree. I haven't seen enough out of their defense, but and I they're mean, banged up too. Deshaun I mean, you look Watson. At their, you look yeah. at their injury report: Jack Conklin questionable, Chase Winovich questionable, Greedy Williams questionable, Jadavian Clowney questionable. So if the only thing that you could say is it just feels weird, then you should probably just bet the Browns, right? Because I or the the Panthers, excuse me. Because I mean that's kind of where I'm at here. Eighty percent of the money's on the Panthers. That's ner- make, that, that makes me nervous. Yeah, that makes me nervous, especially with the direction the the um the the which call it the, the 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 line is heading. I guess the only thing you could say about that is maybe the Browns are just the most popular teaser play, and they took enough teasers at eight and a half. Like, all right, we're gonna drop it a point. Maybe that's what it is. I, that can kind of make sense to me, but to get to seven and a half though. Yeah, I mean it's still an advantage teaser leg. So I don't yeah, I mean it's probably sharp action on the Browns. Uh but I can't really I can't get behind Jacoby Brissett and again, I'm I'm with you in the Panthers. I think they're slightly underrated coming into the season. So if anything, I'd play them, but not going to give it I, out as a, a, as a as a pick. Same. I'll go Panthers lean. Um not willing to make it a, a best bet or anything like that, but I'll give it as a lean. All right, final. Oh, no, sorry. There's two more games in the 1 p.m. slate. Um, but the AFC East matchup between the New England Patriots here is next on the uh, New England Patriots and Miami Dolphins is next on the list. Dolphins up to three and a half point favorites. I loved him at two and a half. Um, not going to play him at three and a half. Totals at 46. I lean to the over in that one. But do you have any plays in this game? I thought you had a, a player prop you're looking at. Yeah, I do, and I, I like the Patriots a lot here. I even said earlier I'm a Dolphins fan, so it's hard to put biases aside. But um, I don't understand this line either. I mean, the Patriots, the year in and year out, they were better than Miami last year. They've always been better than Miami. I'm not sure what jumps this to three and a half. I know the documented struggles with the Patriots in Miami, especially early in the season. One thing I've noted, though, I live in Connecticut. I live an hour and a half from Foxborough. It has been hot and humid this summer, like way more than ever before. I think the Patriots are going to be way more equipped to handle the humidity and the heat in Miami than in past years. So I totally disregard that whole weather thing here. I just feel like getting three and a hook for Bill Belichick, uh, uh, an underdog in week one, again, back to our coaching conversation, you're getting Bill Belichick with six months to prepare, getting the hook, uh, getting three plus a hook. In week yeah. one, I, that that to me feels like such an obvious play. Like there's money on Miami. Like even the public's not backing the Patriots, which is insane that Miami would be anywhere near the public's radar. Um, I like the Patriots in this game. I also like Mac Jones over his passing total, which uh, when I got it, it was at 25, uh, 225 and a half. I just don't think the number makes any sense. I mean, he, he crested that number in 10 of his uh, 16 starts last year, excluding the Buffalo crazy win game where he only threw 
three passes. The Patriots are underdogs, so I guess Vegas thinks that they're going to lose, which when the Patriots lose, Mac Jones throws for 250 yards. That's pretty much a lock. The only way this doesn't happen is if the Patriots rush out to a lead early, which I don't necessarily think will happen. I think this will be a close game the entire way, which means Mac Jones will be forced to throw. Weather shouldn't be much of a factor. I, I don't. I'm trying to find the path where Mac Jones doesn't get to at least 226 passing yards, and I just don't see any way that that doesn't happen. Damn, you, dude, you got some sick closing line value on your props. The 225 and a half is gone. It is 230 and a half now in DraftKings. I'm moving lines. I mean, can we <laughs> can we just agree that I am moving lines at this point? Outkick I mean, bets with Dan Z now. Look, man. I mean, I. It's, here's what it is. It's a great way to play the Patriots, right? Because if they do lose, he's going over. But I think there's a path if they win for him to go over because I think it'll be close late and they're going to have to throw. So I like it as a way to play the Patriots, but also give yourself kind of a backstop because they can lose and, and he can still beat it. I, I like the Patriots at three and a half, though, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I like the uh, Dolphins at two and a half. I'm not going to play it at three and a half. It feels far too square. Far too many people are on it. I'm just higher on the Dolphins coming into the season than the Patriots. But again, I just don't have a strong enough conviction to be laying three and a half and, you know, getting Bill Belichick as a contrarian pick is pretty much as, as, as much of as good of a lock as there's been in sports betting history. So going against a rookie head coach. I mean, you know, Mike McDaniel could be off. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Awesome. Yeah. But it's week one. It's his first week as an NFL head coach. He's going against Bill Belichick, and he's giving him points. That just, and you know, from a quarterback perspective, like Tua, a lot of pressure on him. Mac Jones, not so much, right? Like he kind of showed us what he was last year. I think that's what his career is going to look like. Last year could arguably end up just being what his career is every season. I don't know that he has much of a a ceiling. He could get a little better with experience, but but Tua, I'm not sold on. Dolphins are a little banged up. I, I, I like the Pats here. I'm uh, leaning towards the over, uh, which is 46 right now, just because I, I do like Tua. I think the offensive-minded head coach is going to get more out of him. He's got a lot of weapons around him. They uh, put some resources in the offensive line, signing Taron Armstead. And um, also something that I noted about the Patriots offseason, A, they got a lot worse at cornerback. Um, B, someone, uh, Adam Chernoff of, Covers.com, I believe, pointed this out. But this is the first time, and I don't even know how many years, that the Patriots don't have a fullback on their roster. So uh, the takeaway from that is that the Patriots are going to play with a a lot more wide receivers in the field. Um, And also there's going to be a lot more uh, defensive holding calls. That's been more of an emphasis or supposedly going to be more of an emphasis for NFL officiating this season. So I think that's something like Bill Belichick is going to try to prey on, right? trying to, to to get his um uh maybe get more penalty yards uh, via pass interference or defensive 
uh, holding and well, it's, um, it's illegal contact is the, is what they're working on this year. I think there was a complaint that you know it wasn't just the holding, but the the contact. But the thing about those penalties is you think like well, often you know defensive penalties help the over, but not necessarily because those third downs, especially like in your own territory, when you get bailed out with a five yards and a and a free first down actually tend to make it go more under. I mean, obviously the 40 yard pass interference, that's going to be positive for the over. Sure. But you got to watch with those, those illegal contact type penalties when they bail out a team that's like in its own territory, or even if they keep a drive alive that was about to end can, can, can sort of pace the game down a little bit. Right on. Um, yeah, it's a lean, but, uh, I lean dolphins three and a half. Heavier lean on the over 46, but no official play. I do have official play in the last 1 o'clock game we'll talk about here. Jacksonville Jaguars visiting the Washington Commanders. Uh, Jaguars are now getting 2.5 points. Been steamed down from 3.5 point opener. Um, I think this is absolute lunacy. I wrote this up for outkick.com this morning, but I'm taking the Washington Commanders minus 2.5 here. Um, Just, I mean... (laughs) Keep it really simple. Washington over the last two years has won 14 games. Jacksonville has won four games. Um, and they are getting, according to VEASAN at DraftKings, the Jacksonville Jaguars are getting, bear with me, bear with me, uh, 67% of the handle. So two-thirds of the public is betting the Jacksonville Jaguars because of why? Because they don't have Urban Meyer anymore? I don't know. It feels like all of the pro Jaguars um, bets are based on non-football stuff, right? Like Washington's got a shitty owner. Carson Wentz is terrible, but um, that's a pretty big football thing. um, Well, Carson Wentz being terrible. um, Well, not. I mean, like I meant more of like as a locker room guy because I don't think you can argue that Trevor Lawrence is better than than Carson Wentz. At least what we've seen thus far to Trevor Lawrence. I can definitely argue that. Trevor really, is miles better than Carson Wentz. And I don't even think there's even a discussion to be had. Well, if you were to go and look at their stats, if Carson Wentz, like if Trevor Lawrence had Carson Wentz's worst season next year, that would be a step in the right direction. And I just, I don't believe that the transition I am from Meyer- throwing out last year for, for Trevor Lawrence. I just am. I watched a ton of tape on them. Cause one big thing I did last year for a company called staff factor was quarterback evaluation. So, and it was a lot based about, you know, the rookie quarterback. So I, I watched a ton of Jags tape and it was unbelievable. The dysfunction that you could even just see watching their offense try to operate. And it wasn't Trevor Lawrence. Well, I should say it wasn't all Trevor Lawrence. Um, the tools, though, that he displayed were absolutely better than Carson Wentz has ever shown in his entire career. I'm throwing out last year for for Lawrence, um, and yeah, I think he's miles better than Carson Wentz. Uh, I'm not selling any stock in Trevor Lawrence. I think he'd be good, but I think Carson Wentz is, I guess, underrated. <laughs> I would go as far as to say that. I mean, can you name me, uh, moving away from Carson Wentz, can you name me a single position outside of quarterback where Jacksonville is better than Washington? Running back. I don't think that's true. I mean, both of them. You don't think James Robinson and Travis Etienne are better than Antonio Gibson? Both of them are coming off of season-ending injuries. They're healthy tomorrow. They're healthy this weekend. Uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, Washington's offensive and defensive line have better pass blocking 
and pass rushing and run blocking run stopping rates in Jacksonville. So they're better at all four facets of run blocking pat and, uh, and let pass me just protection. Say, let me just say this. In the last week of last season, the Colts, led by Carson Wentz, needed to beat the terrible Jackson Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars to make the playoffs, and they lost. So one of those four wins you speak of was against Carson Wentz and the Colts <laughs> with a playoff spot on the line for Carson Wentz and the Colts, and Carson Wentz looks looked terrible. And you can't tell me that Colts team wasn't better on both sides of the ball than the Jags last year? Oh, they absolutely were. I agree with you there. But would you follow 67% of the public and bet the Jacksonville Jaguars here? Oh, Do no, you think that's a sharp play? <laughs> I'm just giving you the contrarian view. <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to kind of hold your feet to the fire here. Like, are we making a bet? Do I not even have to go to DraftKings? Can we just do this big free here? Because I'm down. I'm down. It's a uh, it's a pass for me, but I... I You're an amazing I just, podcast will, I, guest because this, this is what the listeners need. They need some friction. They need some arguing. I will but never, you're not willing to make the bet, right? I can't bet on Carson Wentz. I just can't do it. I well, I mean, you bet on Trevor Lawrence, who's like way better than Carson Wentz, obviously. I mean, Carson Wentz almost was MVP one year, but Trevor Lawrence just like clearly way better than him. What I'm saying is I agree with you that Washington is a far better team. Fair enough. So if I were just like, hey, I'm going to pick the better team, I would take Washington. But then that would lead me down the road where I'd have to bet on Carson Wentz, which I just, just can't do. All right, uh, moving along to the one o'clock slate or uh, one o'clock um, portion of the schedule, which is absolutely loaded. The first Excuse key- me, it's the four o'clock slate for those of us on the East Coast, Mister LA. Well, I said one. My bad. Yeah, you said four o'clock. one o'clock. <laughs> one o'clock your time, but no. for the rest of the world and most of the betting public, four o'clock. Hold on. Hand up. I made a huge mistake there. All roads. I'm a New Yorker, first and foremost. All roads <laughs> lead back to New York. It is a 4 o'clock window. I am sorry. Um, speaking of which, New York Giants go to the Tennessee Titans and are getting 5.5. Uh, kickoff is at 425, so you get a little bit of time from the 1 o'clock games to you know, restock on snacks, get some, get some beers, I don't know, smoke a cigarette, decompress for a few minutes, however you need to. Uh, before getting back into this awesome slate. Um, but, again, the weakest of game here is the Giants versus the Titans. I'm a Giants fan, so I uh, recuse myself from betting this team both for or against them. Um, I do actually kind of like the Titans next week because the Titans really don't cover big numbers, and I would consider 5.5 a, a pretty big number. I guess maybe not considering how bad... The Giants have looked in the preseason and really have been over the past five years. Um, But I could see the Titans squeaking past the Giants, and I'm going to hammer the Titans next week against the Buffalo Bills. Like That is just the perfect spot. Buffalo, extended rest, home opener. I think they're going to just beat the Rams. Everyone's down on the Titans. They put up a stinker against the Giants. I'll be betting the Titans next week against the Bills. I'm calling it now, but this, this game I have no action. What do you? How are you uh, assessing this one? I might, be, if I were you, I might bet the Titans now for next week because I think Buffalo loses on Thursday, and I think that might deflate that line a little bit. Yeah, um, that's where we disagree I, for sure. Although I completely disagree with your analysis as well, because I'll take Sean McDermott getting extra rest. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. 
I this game, quite honestly, we talked about my column about the the tiers. This might be the absolute worst game of the weekend. I I have almost no value in this game. Breaks my I, heart. I don't. I'm not interested at all. I don't care. Like I I think the Titans are just a perfectly mediocre football team. I think the Giants are awful. I don't think either team really presents very many fun storylines. You don't like Ryan Tannehill. He's a perfectly mediocre NFL quarterback. Like, I, I other than like just watching, I, I, I'm struggling to even come up with what would entice me to watch this game. Like to watch Daniel Jones be terrible. If it just to watch, let's just pass. to watch to watch Ryan Tannehill hand it off to Derrick Henry 45 times as he just runs. Like it's gonna be, it's not gonna be a fun game to watch. If I were going to do anything, I would take the Titans. I think the Titans at home, less than a touchdown, a playoff team from last year, a division winner. The number one seed in the AFC, for crying out loud, last year, giving less than a touchdown to what could be the worst team in the league. <laughs> Plus, if they get a lead, they're just going to run Derrick Henry. They're not going to – the backdoor cover will be a lot tougher with them chewing up clock. I actually – I like the Titans at that number, but I don't want to watch it. I'll just keep track of the score on my phone like, uh, yeah. You know. The next level of sports gambling that I just can't get to is betting against your favorite team. I just can't get there. But, like, the Giants are terrible. I think we're cursed. I hate Daniel Jones. Um, so, And I actually really like the Titans this year. I like their defense. I think Tannehill is underrated. I think Mike Vrabel is a genius, um, borderline genius, and he just gets played out as, like, some meathead jock. So I, I am not – in any way endorsing a New York Giants pick here, but I'm just the Titans five and a half to me is a big number, and I'm I'm not gonna lay it with them. I, I yeah I I'm real like I'm sitting here I'm not even joking I'm sitting here like what would entice me to watch this football game I I because normally like one of my strategies is always like I'm gonna bet on games that I don't care about so that I have some skin in it right like you just, that's that's what I feel like most of the the public does it's a game you don't really care about so you bet on it so you like hey yeah. I got something to root for you're preaching the choir. Yeah, exactly. That's why yeah. we do pools. I think I could bet on the Titans and still not watch this game. Nah, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I mean, the following three games, um, especially with that window that we're about to get to, with all the other things going on. Right. I have. I have three TVs on my on my on my living room wall, and the Giants are my favorite team. And there's no way they're going on there's a TV. No there's, there's no, no way. There's no way. I'm going to be following it on. The ESPN app or some I don't know, yep. Yahoo Yahoo uh, game GameCast. If app. it pops up on Red Zone, great. I'll see a highlight here or there. Oh yeah, I'm always rocking Red Zone on the main TV. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't see there's gonna I don't see a lot of Giants opportunities happening in the Red Zone. I'll tell you that. Uh, next game, which I'm going to save most of my analysis for our best bet section because it is my best bet. But the Kansas City Chiefs are favorite six going to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, total sitting at 54. I love this quarterback matchup. I think this is, I think this is the best game on the board. Actually, the the next two games are next three games are all sick, but I really like this game. I'm going to talk more about it in my best bet, but what do you, how do you feel about it? Uh, the chiefs Cardinals. It's going to ultimately be a pass because I'm with you. Um, I think the Cardinals getting six at home is disrespectful. But why does that line keep moving? Why is it moving away? Like, why are they trying to? It's injury stuff. Run, uh, the center's questionable. Zach Ertz is questionable. I think Golden's questionable, and they're going to be without a cornerback. So when you add those things up, 
initially when I saw that because the the this total or this this game opened with the Chiefs favored three in the summer, and it's gotten up to six, and I hammered it at six. But when you the first injury reports came out today, when you see it, it's like all right, at least there there is some logic behind that line move. So, uh, okay, <laughs> then then I'm nervous. Then I'd be nervous about the Cardinals if if it's if it's enough of a factor to to move the line, then that makes me nervous. Um, again, Andy Reid has a documented history of being extremely good after a bye, extra rest, like that is his thing. So you got all summer to prepare. Cliff Kingsbury has been doing nothing but partying on a boat, partying on the islands. What's wrong with I mean, that, baby? Doing, I, nothing wrong with that. It just doesn't help you win in week one. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Andy Reid has been hammering cheeseburgers and watching film, you know? The last five years, the Chiefs are 5-0 and straight up in week one, 4-1 and against the number. They're winning by an average of 11.4 points per game in those meetings so yeah i mean that's the kind of stuff like that would make me nervous um about betting the 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 cardinals here even though i i agreed with you when i saw this line i was like that doesn't make sense but man cliff i just you know i bet kyler watched some film though after all the talk (laughs) i bet they're gonna be the reporters are gonna be quizzing him about what first question the press gonna be kyler what did you see on film that made you think x y or z he's gonna be like I did see that on film. You the best correct. part is when he forces in his film prep into the oh, press yeah. conference. In I or, hope that happens. Inorganically. I hope that happens. Yeah. Well, I saw some things on film about the Chiefs defense, <laughs> and I decided to exploit it. by. Yeah, so well, that that's what kind of makes me lean toward the Cardinals too, right? Is like that negative pub, to me, gives them value because that's going to push the public's opinion For away sure. from them. Um, and, you know, the Chiefs are going to be a public team always because they've been so good. They have Patrick Mahomes. Um, man, I'm, I'm, I think it's I think ultimately I land on pass just because of all the re- like I'm just too conflicted on it. Um, but I lean Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going Cardinals plus six. Um, I, I, I sprinkled on the money line as well. I'll give my analysis in a few minutes when we talk to talk about our best bets because it is my best bet. Next game, I also have action on this one, and it will be in my Circa Millions contest um, as long as it stays at the current line. But the Las Vegas Raiders um, (laughs) go to the Los Angeles Chargers where they'll have a home crowd advantage, actually. But the Chargers are favored 3.5 in a revenge spot. That's one of the angles that I like here. Uh, The Las Vegas Raiders ended the Chargers season with a Week 18 overtime victory, but... The Chargers' defensive upgrades are just crazy and, and on every level of the defense. They added three good offensive uh, defensive linemen in Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Austin Johnson, all to improve that just terrible rushing defense. They added uh, linebacker Kyle Van Noy, who also helps with the rush defense, but he's also a great coverage linebacker. And then cornerbacks J.C. Jackson and, and Bryce Callahan. So I actually think their defense is going to go from not very good to uh, above average. So I'm high on that. And, um, you know, pretty simply put, the Chargers have a lot better players than the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders' offensive line is very suspect. Their secondary is terrible. So I think Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack are going to be 
um, getting in, in Derek Carr's face all day. And I think Justin Herbert will be able to pick apart this defense. And um, I do think the Chargers can also win by margin with a defensive touchdown because of said uh, Vegas's uh, said offensive line woes. And I do think that offensive line gets mauled. They don't have much of a ground game to speak of. And the Chargers are going to be able to pass rushers are going to be able to pin their ears back and get after Derek Carr and long third downs. So I'm on the Chargers to cover three and a half here. Um, but how do you, how do you, how do you feel about this game? I love the Chargers. Uh, I've got a, a few futures on them. Uh, I did take Justin Herbert to win MVP as a future. Um, I I like the Chargers to win this division. I like the Chargers to do some some big things this season. Um, I like everything you said. That's why I'm actually playing the under in this game. I think you know earlier we talked about how when team when when the public sees two bad teams and they just immediately go like oh they must not be able to score with the with the Eagles and Lions. The opposite's true here. You see Chargers Raiders, you think that's going to be a score fest. So it's a big number. I mean, 52 is a lot of points, especially in Week One. We just talked about all the upgrades that the Chargers made on defense. And, you know, that doesn't even mention the fact that you've got Asante Samuel, who is now a second-year player. That's a first-round pick. Derwin James is a stud. Nasir Adderley, their other safety, is a second-round pick from a few years back. Like, there is, there's talent on the back end. There's talent up front now that they didn't have last year. I think this team was so close last year to being a top-level NFL team. And I think they went out and did the things they need to do to – ultimately make that next step i like them to win the afc west i like them to get the number one overall seed in the afc and i like them to make a super bowl run wow the heaviest on the chargers huh but your official play in this game is under 50 it's 52 and a half that's what you're looking at yeah i got it at 52 and a half that's the number i like here oh you didn't Um, move that line huh i didn't move that line not yet no when this podcast comes out though you know, I, 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 it's not going to move because I think money will continue to come in on the over. That's a game. It's in that 4 o'clock window. It's going to be nationally televised. I think people are going to want to play the over because people love playing overs, right? Like life's too short to bet the under. The other thing I like about this is when I take an under, there's nothing worse than rooting against points in the fourth quarter, right? Like if you've got an under and it's close and you're rooting against scoring, that kind of goes against like, you know, what football is all about. To me, this is one of those games that I'm going to know in the first five, ten minutes if this is an under or an over game. And if it's just going to be 70 points, then great. I'll lose my bet, move on, and watch an exciting as hell football game, right? I don't think this is going to be one I have to sweat out. I think I'm going to know right away whether or not I was correct in my assessment that the Raiders will try to slow down the Chargers. I think they're going to try to run the ball a lot. Chargers were the fastest-paced team in the NFL last year, but the Raiders were 27th. The Raiders like to play slow. They know the Chargers were weak on run defense last year, I think. Obviously, the Chargers will be better this year, but I think the Raiders' plan will be to, to slow down the pace, and I think that with the Chargers' improved defense, I think it'll be tough for the Raiders to score, and I, I think the pace will be a little bit slower than expected, and like I said, I'll know right away, and that's the that's the kind of bet I like. All right. Uh, I know you're high on the next uh, the next team, um, the, the host of the next game, the Minnesota Vikings, getting one-half points, hosting the Green Bay Packers. You got them to win this division, right? I do like the Vikings to win this division. I actually, t- totally small bet, but I took an exact future. I think at like plus 50,000 Chargers to beat the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Nice. Dude, I took an exact Super Bowl matchup with the 
um, Saints versus the Bills at plus 10,000 because I'm high in the Saints. Just, you know? You got to do it, right? Like sprinkle. Like, we're not, t- I didn't lay my rent on it, but, you know, it'd be a fun little win. And, and I like those bets too because if it gets even close, if like that's the, you know, those are the AFC and NFC championship or something, like hedge away, baby. I will be hedging away. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I like the Vikings a lot. I like them in this spot. Um, I did bet their money line a couple weeks ago. I stand by that pick. Um, I'm definitely rolling with the Vikings in week one, and it's simply because they're better. They're just better. I, I, I think people, I think, again, public perception here is everything. People like you, people like the public hate Kirk Cousins. They love Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think people just look at this and go, Rodgers is better than Cousins, so I'm taking the Packers. I think the Vikings are a better team. I, I get them at home getting points. Um, I don't know what else to say. I get the better team at home getting points. I'll take that. every. I, I mean, like I said, I took the money line because I'd rather, I'd rather just play. The, I don't need the one and a half. You keep your one and a half. I was thinking about um, adding this as a third teaser leg and getting get. up to plus 160 and then taking the Green Bay Packers money line to try to scoop the whole pot type thing. That was how I was going to play it. Um, Interesting. I like that. Um, I do think it is like a legit coin uh, coin flip game. I love Minnesota's roster outside of um, outside of Kirk Cousins. I actually I'm a big Mike Zimmer fan, and I think Kirk Cousins effectively got him fired. But I am willing to concede, totally opposite. Totally opposite. I'm willing fine. to concede that the new guy Kevin O'Connell could bring new looks and have a, a, a more of a, a spread out system that gets the most out of Kirk Cousins. I'm not. I'm not anti that take. I'm just very anti Kirk Cousins. Um, but you know, this is a game that's just going to be on one of the TVs. I'm going to look forward to watching for the most part. I. This is too tough of one to to really have action on because like you might feel good about the Vikings right now. But come, you know, four o'clock Sunday, you're like, ah, I bet against Aaron Rodgers here. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to feel great about that. I know I wouldn't. Maybe I'm just speaking for you and speaking out of turn. But uh, I can't wait to revisit this in four days. (laughs) Hey, I'm not making an official play, so whatever. Uh, Sunday night football, though, the matchup is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their favorite two and a half as they go to Jerry's World to play the Dallas Cowboys, uh, money lines minus 140, Buccaneers plus 120, Cowboys. I actually think the Buccaneers are going to are gonna handle business. I think all of the Tom Brady off-the-field turmoil is going to motivate him to ball out. I mean, we know what it is. He doesn't want to be a husband. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do dad life. He doesn't want to do husband life. He wants to chill with the boys and play football. That's what he wants to do. And when he gets on the football field, all that off-the-field personal bullshit is just going to go aside, and I think he's going to ball out on Sunday night TV. That's what I think. Well, the, the problem for Brady, here's the grave mistake he made. I'll, I'll tell you right now. I'll break it down for you. The biggest mistake he made was marrying a woman who's richer than him because every other quarterback just gets to go like, hey, sweetie. I bring in the cash. So I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Brady can't really do that because Joselle's like, yo, I make more money than you, bro. Like this yeah. ain't about the money. This and is you about you just to make sure that about, I make yes. more money. This is about you like just doing you because you want to do you. And, you know, that's just not a great way to run a marriage. So I, I think his biggest mistake was marrying someone richer than him. And I think it's hurting him now. 
to piggyback off of that, and I said this in the last podcast, my ex is Brazilian, and if there's one thing I can guarantee about their relationship, it is that Giselle hates football. She hates it. <laughs> she hates it with every fiber of her being. As a matter of fact, football came up in my last relationship's exit survey. That's how much Brazilians <laughs> hate football. Oh, wait, wait. I'm assuming you talked about this, but you had an exit survey? I mean, I'm just... Not officially, uh, or exit that. interview, excuse me, exit yeah, interview. Yeah, no, I, I love that. But you know, like, you know, you've had breakups before, they're wrapping up, you're kind of, you know, you're wrapping it up, it's like, hey, you watch too much football, well, you know, it's kind of what I do, and I can only imagine the kind of conversations Tom and Giselle are having. She probably was heated when he came out of retirement. Like, obviously, she obviously is, right? <laughs> so, but... I actually do think that gives Buccaneers value here. I think people are like, oh, is Tom Brady coming in in the right headspace? I think he could be an absolute train wreck everywhere except for on the field. Like when he gets on the field, it's like, oh, baby, this is what I do well. And what do we? What do the Cowboys do well? That's underperform expectations. That's shit the bet on the big stage. So they did keep it close last year in the NFL opening uh, kickoff game. Um, and I do see some ways that they can um, keep it close to the Buccaneers. I, I think Buccaneers defense regressed year over year, so um, I wouldn't. I you know I wouldn't even hate the Cowboys on a teaser leg, but I think I think the Buccaneers get it done here. I would like the Cowboys a lot more at three and a half. Um, I certainly wouldn't touch them less than three in the hook. I would lean Cowboys though. Um, I like Dallas. I like Dak. I think they could be. I think they are going to be a very good team this year. I also think Tampa Bay takes a big step backwards. I don't agree with your assessment. I think that the off the field stuff is finally going to start weighing on Brady a little bit too much. He's a guy who prides himself on preparation. He missed ten days of training camp, ten days of being with the guys. I can't imagine that his prep is at the level that he is used to. In fact, it can't possibly be because he literally left for ten days um, as as early as a couple weeks ago. I think it finally catches up to him. You know, we keep saying it, his age, he's 45 years old. Those pictures of him, like he looks skinny and like something's wrong. I, I he just need tomatoes, bro. Yeah. I mean, good for him, I guess. It's but... Tomato inflammation. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Our ancestors definitely, it was, uh, that's the obesity crisis in, in America, right? Like too much, too many tomatoes. No. Oh. I mean, have you ever I put heard ketchup on everything. That, like, That's why I'm. Fat. You ever hear someone say that, like, dude, I know I, I weigh 350 pounds, but like, I just, I just love tomatoes. I just love them. I can't <laughs> stop eating tomatoes. Like, listen, no, it's never happened. Can you really question his methods? The guy's 45. I'm not questioning. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not questioning. Right. Uh, like, let me be the 5,000th person to say, like, this is the time when it finally catches up. Totally. I think it does. It's this year. Um, Dallas at home, getting points. I like, but again, I, I, I would like them a lot more at three and a half, but. I, I can't I can't buy into the to the to the bucks at all. I would there's no way I would bet the bucks here. All right. Well final game of the week one slate, Monday night football, Denver Broncos. Uh favorite six and a half going into Seattle where Russell Wilson gets to play against his old coach, old old team. Um I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks plus six and a half here. I'll tell you I'll tell you that right now. Um I am I think Russell Wilson has used Pete Carroll as whoa, a whoa, 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 whoa. as a you're Mr. Revenge game. I you think I think Pete revenge. Carroll does get revenge here. 
Oh, you're going the. Oh, wow. I, oh, I might yeah. have to take my headphones off. I did not see that going this way. You're going not Russell Wilson revenge game. This oh. is Pete Carroll revenge Holding game. down the fort. You oh, know how it, it goes, Russ. You don't oh, come I in and, and win in front of the 12th man as an opponent. They are going to be so loud, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be He's nuts. never faced that. He has never faced being on the opposing side of that. And I don't know how much of this is beat writer stuff, but like. There is some optimism about Geno Smith. Like, they don't think he's the... Dude, I'm, please don't. Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying... Leave your analysis at Russell facing the 12 and Pete Carroll revenge. Okay. Do not try to sell Fair me enough. Geno Smith right now. Fair enough. Uh, another thing, <laughs> according according to DraftKings, 95% of the money is on the Denver Broncos. Since when? Since when do 95% of the public, when do they win bets? And I love, I love home dogs in prime time. I love home <laughs> Who dogs doesn't? in prime time. Yeah. Like I, the fact that, man, if you could get Seattle, it's six and a half right now. Right. Yep. I'd like to see that jump. I'd love to get, if I'm getting a touchdown, I'm laying, I'm taking it for sure. I want a touchdown though. But I don't see any reason to rush. Cause I would take it at five and a half and I'd be willing to wait and hope that more money comes on Denver. And they're just like, you know what? We have to push it to seven. You know, it doesn't matter what the sharp play is. Everyone's betting Denver. So, like, I'm going to wait until 10 minutes before kickoff, and hopefully I can get a flat seven, God willing, a seven and a half. But I do think it's a it's a revenge spot for Pete Carroll. And if I trust, like, I just trust Pete Carroll to have his team more ready to go in a primetime spot in week one over a rookie head coach uh, with, a, with a new coach quarterback uh, well obviously he's a rookie head coach so it's a new quarterback for him but quarterback and a new system um who's also in like a weird spot so honestly i i, I did try to dovetail this into into some geno smith analysis but i'll just leave it as <laughs> fading 95 percent of the bets that's that's Look, pretty much I, I think the seahawks could be really bad this year um i think they're definitely in the running for for a number one overall pick um but everything you said as far as like if there's one game that this team's getting up for, it's absolutely this one. And yeah, and Pete Carroll is seven a- points at home. Like I, I think they can keep it within a score even if they don't win. Actually, I think that's the ideal scenario for them. Honestly, is like don't 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 blow a shot at that number one. Like don't get a win early, but like keep it close, keep it respectable, have some fun. And Pete Carroll is a player's coach, so you know they are going to want to win one for Pete. And this is pretty much Definitely their Super this Bowl. One. Yep. All Isn't right. that weird? Like, this is their Super Bowl. It's week one. Like, if you win this game, we will consider this season a success. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's how that's your takeaway, right? I think it is because I, I really think this is a team that's basically, as much as an NFL team can tank, this feels like a tank to me. All right. Well, at least we're on the same side of something here. Let's start to wrap up this podcast. But we have two more segments before we get out of here. The first one... Our survivor pick of the week. So, you have any team on the board here? I think you already gave it out. You definitely already gave it out. But just refresh the listeners' memories because we've been at this for an hour and a half now. Been yeah, the Ra- the Ravens are absolutely the play here. Um, I, I I see zero paths to victory for the Jets. I won't sweat this at all. Lock it in. I'm locking them in as my best bet. I like them up to I like them up to eleven and a half. That's how much I like the Ravens this week. 
Yeah, I like the Ravens as well as my as my survivor pick. Um, if I had to give a second best one just for you know more content, I would I would go with the Cincinnati Bengals actually, just because if they're the Super Bowl hangover is real, I think it happens later on down uh, the schedule, and I think they like there's no reason for them not to be up against uh, up for Week One against Pittsburgh. Um, they did beat the crap out of Pittsburgh twice last season. I think Pittsburgh did get worse. Um, at the quarterback position, although not all that, not not to a great extent, but um, I, I'm with you in the Ravens. For the for Bengals the make me nervous, but I, you know, and, and I broke my own rule. Like I hate taking survivor teams on the road, but this is just one of those like exception that proves the rule spots. Fair enough. All right. Well, we saved our best bet at least. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I saved my best bet for uh, this I've given finals. my best bet like four times. Like, bet the Ravens. If you were listening to me and this, <laughs> Ravens, all day. Tease them. Parlay them. Do whatever you got to do. Get the Ravens on your board. Um. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. So, according to Dan Z, bet the Ravens. And you said up to 11 and a half, right? I like them up. On, I basically like them under two touchdowns. Hold on. Wait a second. Let's shop around here because you can get some alternate game lines, right? Maybe they don't have oh, them yeah. available right now. doesn't look like they have them available um, on DraftKings right now. But uh, check it out. So if you can get... Oh, we'll be, we'll be looking at alt lines. I might do a crazy alt line parlay if anyone's interested. I got to look a little deeper, but I might I might throw the Ravens and do like a crazy, you know, low stake, fun alt line parlay because there's a couple, I think, that I, I'm... I'm a little against the market, and that includes the Vikings. I might take the Vikings minus some points. Wow. You love the Vikings. It's crazy to me. I do love the Vikings. Uh, my best bet, though, on this board is the Cardinals uh, getting six points, hosting the, the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I feel like the public is just too anti-Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray is an MVP threat when he's fully healthy. Um, he's obviously going to be healthy week one. And uh, Cliff Kingsbury, for being fair, has, uh, with Kyler Murray, has improved the Arizona Cardinals by three wins each of his first three seasons. Won five his first year, eight the second, and third last year. Um, And Cliff Kingsbury, like the biggest knock on him is he's terrible in the second half of the season or terrible with making in-game adjustments. And that that bears that bears out at least in the situational trends. Arizona is ten and two against the spread as underdogs from week one to eight uh, since Kyler, uh, Cliff Kingsbury became head coach. They have a plus eight point two ATS differential in those spots. They're actually eight three and one outright, and they're outscoring opponents by uh, three points per game in those matchups. Um, also. I think Arizona's ground game with James Conner and, and Kyler Murray gets it going against a weak Kansas City Chiefs defense. Um, and Kansas City, in my opinion, got worse um, this offseason by by letting Tyreek Hill, Tyron Matthew, and, and their best cover corner, uh, Ward, go. 
Um, again, Arizona um, defends tight ends really well. They give up the fewest points per game versus fantasy points per game versus tight ends, and it's because they got two incredibly athletic uh, linebackers and Buda Baker, who's a um, an underrated to really good safety. Also, if you do the the home and away uh, handicapping flip rule, where you take the team that's home, make them away, and then flip the 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 points related to it. Uh, the Cardinals, because team rankings has home point or home field advantage worth two point two points. If the Cardinals were away here, they would be ten point underdogs to the Chiefs. That number just feels wrong. There's a bunch of injuries, uh, a couple injuries to worry about with the Arizona Cardinals, but being that. Uh, or uh, even with that in mind, I still like the Cardinals plus six here at home just because I think Kyler Murray is going to go off against Kansas City's weak defense. So that's my best bet at this entire slate. Well, we did it, man. An hour and 35. Might get yelled at by some of our bosses. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's our second episode. That's that's my excuse that I'm giving you guys, listeners, and anyone who gives me shit about the length of this podcast. Hopefully, we gave you guys a great analysis. It was a fun conversation. Thanks, thanks, Dan, for joining. I mean, they had to know when they found out I was your guest. Um, I like to talk. You might know that, and now the listeners know it. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's why I didn't go on the editorial call with you this morning or, or this afternoon because I know they run long, run long when you're on them. So thanks for stopping by. Uh, best of luck to all you homies, whether you fade or follow us. Please subscribe, rate, and review to Outkick Bets with me, your host, Jeff Clark. Uh, best of luck, and we'll be talking to you guys next week. Yeah.